We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The MPW Digital Podcast Network proudly presents McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. Join longtime SEC beat writer Neil McCrady and former South Alabama assistant, Alabama staffer, and Ole Miss recruiting coordinator Tyler Siski for an hour of football and fun. Listen and enjoy as they talk ball, the national landscape, and much, much more. Now, here's your host in the Clark Ford Studios, Neil McCrady. Welcome into another edition of McCrady and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, I'm Neil McCrady. That is uh, Tyler Siski here on this uh, Thursday, April the 20th. Hope you're having a great week. Thank you for making us a uh, part of your week. We'll talk about a few things, transfer portal stuff. Tyler's going to tell us exactly what guys are going for in the portal. He's got some recruiting tips for people, and then we're going to dive into the NFL draft a little bit here on uh, – it's about the, that time. On the big show. How you doing? One week away from draft night. Yeah, it is. One week away. I'm excited. I like the – that's one of my – I don't know why I shouldn't. I love the draft on Thursday night. And I really don't – I watch it. I peek at it a little bit on Friday. Hardly ever watch it over the weekend. Um, oh, yeah. Thursday night, I don't know what it is, but I really enjoy it. Yeah, I like the Thursday night. I don't. I'm, I'm with you. I don't. I don't watch it on. I don't watch it on Friday. I got. I'm rolling back with my. I haven't had this in a while. I don't know why. I've been doing a lot of Inferno. Had that peach tropical um, rainstorm last week, so I went back to the little white gummy bear today. Oh, I missed her. Oldie but a goodie. Yeah, I've missed her. She's good. We're brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams natural caffeine. BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve your goals. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. All right, let's crank this thing up. Um, we'll talk a little bit of college stuff, and then we'll get to the draft. Um, <clears throat> obviously, we've had guests on the last few shows. So we haven't been. We got some stuff to catch up on. Uh, we're right in the middle of the portal window. Obviously, we talked about it with uh, both uh, Brian Landis and Jeff Trailer last few shows, but we're halfway through this thing. Um, and there's some really interesting things that are taking place. Um, I did not think about this until today because I had somebody bring it up to me and I was like, that's ingenious. Uh, I was talking to a group of five school, um, and they purposely have bumped their spring game back to this weekend, uh, because 
oh. the portal window doesn't change. Like in the the first window that happens in January, like Georgia's portal window was different than everybody else's. Theirs and TCU's because they played later. Right. Not in the spring. Spring's April 15th, April 30th, right? So watch how many spring games get moved back to April 30th next year. They basically backed up the spring as long as they possibly could at their school. So help me with the calendar here. Players have until April the 30th to get in the portal. To get in the portal. To be eligible to play next next season. That is correct. And then they can start taking visits. They can, well, technically they can start taking visits now. There'll be visits here this weekend. Okay. You know, there'll be visits all over the country. Uh, They'll start bringing guys in. Why did I think it was May 1 to May 15? It was originally last year, and they bumped it back this year. Okay. But it was. It was that last year. Okay. But they have finals and everything else. That was kind of part of their deal, right? Okay. And if you want to get in a a Maymester or whatever to get there early, you can do that. I guess that's the reason. But um, watch how many group of five schools, especially, because if you're practicing, you know, you may not have a chance to get them in the portal. I would back my spring practice up as late as I could possibly do it. If I'm, if I'm in a uh, power five uh, to take of, advantage group, of, to take advantage of, school, of the portal to no to keep my own players from leaving. Oh, you know what I'm saying? So I, you I back see. it up where the portal's closed. I would if I was a group of five school. It's 100 percent what I would do. Um, but <clears throat> the couple things we're seeing is like the going rates for. I, I saw this the other day on your deal. There was a lot of uh, rumors how much this guy's getting, that guy's getting. Uh, the most I've heard of. And I and when I say heard of something that I can confirm, I guess um, one of the top defensive linemen that were in the portal this year uh, received. He went power five to power five. He has received uh, four hundred thousand dollars to make that move per year. Uh-huh. So that's kind of the going rate for the top guys. Um, haven't heard anything on any other positions because there's really hasn't been um, a lot of the elite players go make that move yet. Um, so, but right now that's kind of what it's going towards. Um, that's where that's at, which is a little bit more than it was last year at this time, just a little bit more, not a lot more, but a little bit more. So are we expecting in your opinion, a lot of, a lot of guys getting in the portal in the next 10 days or I don't think so. Or have we found that most of the guys that are going to get in the portal do it at the holidays? I think you're, I think you're going to see, uh, most of them go in, in the holidays. Now, I will tell you this. I do know of several kids that will be going into the portal. Everybody's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they're in the portal. But that were actually going to go in the portal in December, but are coming back to finish and become a grad transfer and graduate instead of transferring to school one semester short of graduating. So they went through the spring at their school just to graduate. Does that make sense? Which they should do. I mean, I know somebody very closely that – I've been a part of, and I, that's what I recommended him do is get your degree. So, because if you transfer, you're going to lose, you know, 20, 30 hours. Hell, you're going to lose a full year of classes. So, he is going to go in the portal here soon if he hasn't already. But that's what most kids are doing. Um, the other thing that's kind of uh, interesting, I did not, I have to admit, I did not think about this until I heard this happening. A lot of these, uh, multi-year that are portal players that are in year two coming up yeah let's say they got paid let's just for shits and giggles say they got paid a hundred grand to come transfer and they didn't perform in year one they're getting their pay cut because they can't go anywhere yeah and so you didn't perform so you're getting a hundred last year you're getting 50 this year 
Yeah, I know of. Oh God, I got to be careful. Um, I know of players who got a haircut. I think that's very interesting to me. It's, it's. I've said this so many times that I feel like I'm broken record. And again, it doesn't matter to me, right? Whatever. But in terms of the coverage of it, I wish there was more transparency. Well, there's got to be. It right? would just be so much. It would just be so much easier, and it would take some of this sliminess. It'll never happen though, unless there's federal, unless there's law, you know, rules against it, right? Yeah, that's the only way. Because I'm I'm with Hardman here. He says thought nil wasn't based on quote performance. It's it's. I have so many problems with, not the players getting paid. I'm cool with it. Whatever. But don't tell me it's not based on performance when it's absolutely based on performance. I don't think it's fair to the I don't think it's fair to the younger kids to be lied to. And some of them are, are gullible enough to believe it. Yeah. Um, because they're kids. hundred percent. I live with the sixteen year old. I live with the smart sixteen year old. You do too. Well, that's debatable. But they're not wor- <laughs> they're not worldly. They're 16. No, they don't. You weren't worldly at 16. Wasn't worldly worldly at 26. So they're they're getting tricked. They're getting lied to, a lot of them. And so and so it's it's this, hey, it's not performance-based. No, it's absolutely performance-based. It's 1000 percent performance-based. And then the other thing is, why do we keep calling it NIL? Why? Why do we have to do that? Why do we call it that it's not NIL? It's not these kids aren't doing a damn thing for the NIL except playing football, which is fine. They're getting paid to play football, so they play football and get paid. Cool. That's a salary, Tyler. When they allowed collectives to start, that's when it became pay for play. If there was no collective, no school organization or whatever you want to call it, you would you would have a more controlled it would be between it would be, be between more what like, it is now and what it used to be, it'd yeah. kind of be closer to that, but it'd probably be a little bit more. But I don't know, man. I just it is what it is. I'm not. I'm not. I'm with you. I want them to get paid. Um, yeah, I mean, but there I'm, has to be transparency. I'm all for the kids getting paid. But what's <clears> happened now is like I have people that every once in a while say, "Hey, are you going to do one of those player shows next fall?" I'm like, "No, probably not." That move the needle. And and it's like, why not? Well, the, why would a kid want to do the show? Unless he wants to go into like broadcasting or something down the road and he wants the experience of it, right? What's in it for him? What do you mean? I'm like, he's going to get paid anyway. Yeah. He's already getting paid. And then when I ask the question, like, it's my deals and, and I'm getting paid. And I've had people go, well, you don't, you don't want to do it for the better, betterment of the kid? Like, no. <laughs> so you're against the kid getting paid? I didn't say that. I, I hope the kid gets paid, but I want to get paid too. It's my time also. Yeah, no, I mean, and so you know, it's it's that it's a I, it, it's dance, all, it's a delicate dance. Yeah, we've just we've turned it into we're call we're I don't know, I don't know why, and and the answer is back to the pre-show. It's because ninety to ninety-five percent of the people who do what we do are fans, and they don't really want to call it out either. I, I'm just for making it transparent. Like if a player has a good year and he gets a raise, cool, I get it. Player has a subpar year, gets a pay cut. I think people need to know that happened too. Hundred percent. Um, also let's, I want to talk, this was actually, I don't know why, uh, Cole could probably fill me in, but you know, I did it. We did it like a, we were talking about recruiting advice to parents the other day on the show, whatever day that was a couple weeks ago. And it got a lot of engagement on uh, TikTok. Mm-hmm. So I want to, 
it just kind of confirmed my whole deal that it's unbelievable how not unbelievable. I get it. Um, but there's so much misinformation out there with parents and ki- and kids and recruiting. So I'll probably try to start doing one of these, a show, um, recruiting advice for parents and, and kids as we get in this crazy part of the year, um, because it needs to be talked about and I wish more people were more educated on it. But my biggest thing as you know, spring recruiting started, I guess, officially, uh, the 15th Monday, I guess was most, most people went out. Uh, most of my clients, they're, they're going out next week, uh, starting next week with their, uh, coaches going out. Um, but here's the, here's the thing with the kids that I think is very important. So if you're a parent of a kid or you know, somebody rule number one, do not burn bridges. Okay. Be open and communicate with all the coaches in the schools. So what I mean by that is this, I can't tell you how many times, all right, I'm at Arkansas state and I go see a kid and maybe he's got in the spring, he's got nine sec offers and he's, he's too good to talk to me. Well, then with all those nine go tell him to kick rocks about three months later, then you're, you're the one sitting there. He, he wants to come to you now. Right. So that's one. So you never know when you got to cross that bridge again. Or two is you never know when old Coach Siski goes from, you know, you're a junior and Coach Siski's at Arkansas State. Then when you're a senior, Coach Siski's at Ole Miss. Right. So you don't ever know where Coach's movement is. And then now you got the transfer portal. You don't know where you're going to have to, you're going to need Coach Siski down the road. You know, so the biggest thing is, is no matter who, if they take the time to come see you, if they take the time to reach out to you, however it is, Obviously, except if it's a blank letter, but if they write you a handwritten letter or, or a they text you or they call you, please be respectful and be very uh, cordial, whether you're interested or not. Now, you can be open and communicate with them. Say, hey, coach, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, you know, at this at this time, that's not the you know I viewed this thing for me, best thing for me. The worst thing that happens in recruiting is when a kid picks another school. Okay, it comes decision making time, and they ghost you. Yeah, just tell them. They'll respect you more as a human being, and you'll go up people's board when you're more open and communicate with them. It's real simple. Hey, Coach, I really appreciate how much you guys have recruited me. I liked you a lot. I liked your school. I just feel like Southern Miss or Tennessee or wherever is a better fit for me, and I'm 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 right. I'm I'm planning to commit to them tomorrow. Correct. And then and then and that way there's a. And I will say this: a lot of kids do that. Not, but not a lot don't. But when you start going ghost and you don't answer and you don't, you know, this isn't a dating profile. You know, you're not on some kind of, uh, there's not some chick that you met at the club. You know, there's something that you you may have to cross that bridge again. And a lot of them do. And I can tell you, uh, ask me how I know. I know the portal being around. I cannot tell you how many times, like I asked, somebody was in the portal the other day. I asked one of my clients, head coaches. I said, what about such and such? And his exact words were, F that guy. Because of what happened because the first time. Because of what time. happened the first time. Right. So, guess what? That kid would beg to go to school there right now. So, you never know. And that coach that I was talking to wasn't there at the time. Right? So, you never know when you're going to cross uh, paths with those coaches. So, be careful of that. Uh, last thing on the on recruiting advice. I got – this was a question that came up in the uh, on TikTok with one of the parents – it said, because uh, we were talking about camps, and if, if coach asks you to go to camp, you should go to camp, right? And so the question was, if a coach doesn't call you, should you still go to the camp? And so my answer to that is this. As long as you know what you're going for, okay, if I'm going, if I'm going to the LSU camp, 
All right. I didn't get called by the LSU coach, but if I know I'm, I'm paying my money to go get instruction mm-hmm. and that's what I'm there for, I'm not there expecting to get recruited and get my feelings hurt when the coach doesn't talk to me. If I'm going for instruction, sure, they're fine to go to. Because I want to become a better high school. Yeah, if you want to become player. a better, fo- if you know why you're going, right. absolutely go. But when you expect to show up and be like really evaluated on on what uh, on what you're, that's that's when you become a check. Does that make sense? One one million percent. I've had this conversation with kids, uh, with families. Yeah. And then, like, people will reach out to me because they know I know coaches or whatever. Like, what do you think? I'm like, look, here's your thing. You want to go to the Alabama football camp, okay? It has a reputation for being a great camp, lots of instruction. It is. If you're going because you want to become a better football player prior to your junior year or your senior year because you're going to get some instruction from elite coaches, and probably some stuff that's going to help you technically or whatnot become a better football player at Shades Mountain High School or whatever the case, right? right? Cool. Absolutely. Go. Or you're just a big Alabama fan, and you want to be around that program for a few days and get instruction that might help your senior year or junior year. Absolutely go. You live once, man. Have fun. Right. Spend the time in the program. Have a great time. But, yes, if but if your goal is, hey, I want to play college football, okay, they're not recruiting me, then you're not on their radar. And That's correct. You're not going to prop. I mean, there <clears throat> might be an exception, but it's rare. Yeah, and it's like you're, you're not going to suddenly become a target for Alabama because you showed up at their camp. Unless you, and I told the guy on TikTok the other day, unless you're six foot seven, three hundred pounds, and you walk through the door, or you run sub full four when they when you run your forty, right? Then you will go. Who the hell's that guy? Right, and they'll start digging. And they'll start on digging you. on you. You're better off, though, at that point going, hey, what level am I trying to play at? You want to play college? I got I, I told somebody the other day, I'll change the schools. You want to play college football? Don't camp at LSU. Camp at ULM. Don't camp at LSU. Camp at Nichols. Yeah. Because they're actually going to look at you. They're going to have smaller numbers at their camp. Smaller numbers. The coaches, they're not recruiting Johnny Five Star. They're looking for diamonds in the rough, technically. They're going to look at you in a way that the coach at LSU isn't because he doesn't have to. He's recruiting the top of the charts. Yeah. And they're using the portal differently. They have more NIL funds to do things. You just it's, – it's, it's that deal of knowing who you are at this particular point. And, look, it doesn't mean that you might go to Nichols. We'll use the Louisiana yeah. examples. You might go to Nichols. You might blow up become a really good player and end up getting in the portal and going to LSU. Yeah. Crazier things. That's, that's becoming a more, more of a a path. But like I was telling somebody the other day, the schools, these sec schools aren't going to use their last few scholarships on uh, flyers anymore. No, they're going to use them in the portal. Correct. A hundred percent. That's not even, so that's not, that's proof. That's so you, you, you've got to look in the mirror <clears throat> be you know you gotta look in the mirror and go hey i'm 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 not leaving with the hot blonde at the bar not happening tonight so let me set my I chose brunette let me let me let me set my, my my let me set my expectations more realistically yeah and if you'll do that as a camper yeah you'll you'll yeah, you'll you get a lot know more what out your of your expectations are right like <clears throat> 
here I got this question literally last week is there were some some people I know locally who traveled eight hours to go to a camp. Like, well, these, you know, rivals, two force under armors, Nike camps, all that stuff. There's not one college coach that can be there. So you're not going there to be recruited. You're going there to be written about. In my opinion. Yes. Okay. I never went. Neil, how long have we known each other since you've been affiliated with Rivals.com? Uh, 12, 13 years. Have I ever called you and go, hey, what would that kid look like at Rivals Camp? I mean, like a couple, three. No, <laughs> no of course not. You know what I'm saying? Like, know what you're going for. If you want to go getting written about and getting your picture on the website and all that stuff, cool. That That's what you want to do. But don't go there and go like, man, I didn't get a call from a college coach because they're not there and they're not going to call you no. from that camp. No. Does that make sense? Of course. Like, so just know what you're going to do uh, when you're doing that. Um, and it's fine. Do what you want to do. It's free country. Um, and then talking about this, like you just kind of mentioned it, and I, I'm getting a up close, and this is not the parents' fault. I'm getting a very up close and personal uh, account of how these parents are getting misled. So I don't know how. Trust me, I don't know how. Uh, my house, and I, uh, they send them to my email because I have my email set up. Um, I cannot begin to tell you how many letters and emails I'm getting from universities about my son. Recruiting letters look personal, man. And I want and I know the game and it really bothers me a little bit cuz I really want to go, "Hey, who the like what the hell did you watch?" You know what I mean? Like my little shit, he can run now, okay? He can do that. But when it, he's getting all these baseball recruiting stuff, can't hit worth the shit right now. Can't throw worth the shit. Now he can run. All right. But there's nothing that you've seen that you've laid your own two eyes on. You, hey, man, by gosh, we want this kid. Oh, they want him to come to camp. Oh, dude, it's come to campus, come to camp. We're going to be here. But hey, come visit. I mean, just, I'm sitting here going like, I don't want to give him to him. So hope he's not listening. <laughs> but uh, I mean, just like, but you see, but it's like a status thing because he also comes home and he goes, man, dad. You know, such and such, man, he's posting this thing on Instagram. He's getting recruited by this school, this school, this school. And I don't tell him, but I'm like, you got the same letter. And, and, and yeah, with soccer, you understand, with, with, with soccer, it's a racket. Yeah, but you understand how the parents are being misled because I understand the game because I worked it. Yeah. I, it blows my mind, man. But you, I do under, it's the first time that I've understood the other side, if that makes sense. Of like, course. I've always like, come on, guys. I'm like, you watch your own kid. He sucks. He can't play there. But, but you, then you look you at these stuff. You can see how it would be easy to get confused. Oh, it 100%. And, it's so easy to get tricked. It's 100%. But these are coming from legit schools. Yeah, of course. I mean, got one today from Virginia Tech. I get letters, emails. Carson, my son, hooked up one day a year ago. He did a some sort of a profile on one of those recruiting sites for the hell of it. Yeah. One of his buddies had done it. He's like, hey, you should do it. So he did it. And he put my email on it. And I get these emails inviting him to all these camps. And I realize they're just wanting money. Right. The more kids who come, the more money they get, blah, blah, blah. Hey, you know, but some of the stuff they say in these letters, hey, heard about you, watched you. Yes, they make it very personal. And I'm like, and I'm you, like you, didn't, you, you didn't watch bullshit. Oxford High School soccer. You didn't, you didn't watch Tupelo Football Club soccer. And if you did, you, you weren't recruiting him off that game. <laughs> yeah. 
that's what I'm saying. So when I when I hear like so a, misleading. when I hear like a community college coach is interested, perhaps, and you know, and at least exploring it with him, I'm like, okay, I get it, because that coach was probably at one of one or two of his games last last year, right? And they they saw him play, and they're like, you know, he's tall, he's got some got some potential, plays hard, plays smart. I get it, right? So if you tell me that, I'm like, okay, well, you kind of have a decision to make whether that's what you want to do, but. I won't name the schools, but there's schools in like Ohio and Florida and stuff. You didn't see him play. You yeah. just you just want him. <laughs> you think because he signed up some profile thing that he's out hunting for a scholarship and you'll a hundred percent. You'll bring him to camp. Yeah. So that's what you think. I do. I, I I've really probably last few weeks I've been like, damn. I'm like, I get it now. I do. I've always for years. Yeah. I've been like, what the hell are y'all thinking? But now I get it. So I mean, because it's not like a. I mean, it was very well done. I was like, okay, look at you. And I just never, and I will say this, when I was involved with running recruiting, I didn't like, I. the only mail we sent was like graphics and stuff like that, probably back, at, I mean, when mail stopped. But only to the guys were actually recruiting. Like, I never understood, even when I got here, I remember our mailing budget when I first got to Ole Miss. So when I came and freeze, it was like something stupid. And I'm like, why is the mailing budget so high? And, and I'm, you know, mailing to every kid in America doing the same stuff. And I get that. I get it. But like at the same time, man, it's just, I don't, I don't like recruiting under, under false pretenses. So, but anyway, long story short is I get it, but make sure you know what you're getting out of it. Um, when you go to these camps and things like that and make sure do not burn bridges and communicate with the coaches recruiting you. Tell walk me about, on. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Tell me about some walk-ons, man. Walk-on Sports Bistro puts everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine, po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers, fresh salads, 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. Uh, also, uh, walk-ons uh, take care of your tailgating needs this upcoming season. Inquire about their family and friends bundles, their tailgate platters, Order online at walkons.com or on a convenient Walk-Ons app. Visit uh, Walk-Ons today in Oxford or Ridgeland, Mississippi. We're also brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662-429-4429. I am very excited about this next part. It is because I hate talking about, the, you know, we talked about it, I don't know, two months ago. You start talking about the draft, 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 and you just talk yourself into circles. So I know you and I have talked. We've purposely not talked about it until now because it's actually damn draft time. Yes. So I'm excited. I got, uh, I got, I started, I told you, I started my research last couple of weeks and uh, we're ready to roll. I feel very good about the draft, uh, where we're at, where I'm at. Um, feel, understand it know where picks are no trades are coming so i'm actually going to start at the bottom um well that sheet I, I put over there before we get started there are going to be the next seven days there are going to be hella trades go on in my opinion okay i think things are starting to shake out um and i'm talking about big time players that i think is going to affect the draft order my man doors rules kind of spoiled it a minute ago um but i am Damn near convinced, almost to the point where I don't know if you can talk me out of it. Okay. I'm damn near convinced that the Houston Texans are going to trade the number two, the number two overall pick to either 
the Baltimore Ravens for Lamar Jackson. Okay. Or the San Francisco. I don't think they'll trade the number two to San Francisco for this. Or they're going to trade their 12 to San Francisco and take uh, Trey Lance as their quarterback. Oh. Which also then tells me that Bryce Young's going to be number one. Yes, I do think Bryce Young's going number one. Um, have reason to believe that. Um, all right, if you're Houston, you're in that room. Both, let's say both of those things are on the table. Now, is the number two pick alone enough to get Lamar Jackson? Uh, easy. Okay. Yeah, you could get, you could damn near get any quarterback that's not. Um, I mean, they're only because here's the deal: is we've we've talked about Lamar forty five times on this show. The bigger problem with me to Baltimore is if you get a number two, easily getting rid of them because there's so much equity burnt with the way all this went down. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't see how Lamar Jackson and Baltimore could coexist. All right, so if you're Baltimore, I'm sorry, if you're Houston, yeah, you're the Texans, first year coach, yep, getting rolling, and you decide, hey, you know what, the quarterback we want is young; he's not going to be there. Let's trade the pick. We have two te- two offers on the table, or or we don't have to trade the pick. We could take we could go defense. We could go Will Anderson at two. We can either trade the two and get Lamar Jackson, or we can trade the twelve and get Trey Lance. All right. Let's t- let's talk. Here, here we are in the room. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So I've actually my man Clay Carter, who's probably not listening because he says he hears enough of me all day long. We were talking about this this morning. <clears throat> so. If I was Houston, if I'm sitting in the room, I'm first-year coach, I'm trading. So they have the 2 and the 12, right? So I can trade the 12 for Trey Lance. And then I can take my 2. I'm not taking a quarterback. I can take my 2, trade it to Indianapolis, who is at 4. And and then get another pick somewhere. And then get another pick and then take the defensive player you're going to take anyway. Right. That and and might we'll talk about the defensive players, but you're either going to get Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, who are the two best defensive players in my opinion. And then you can turn around and have your quarterback and one of the top defensive players. Because let's let's be I'm going to be honest with you, and we'll talk about quarterbacks in a second. But getting Trey Lance is no different than drafting the number two through four quarterback. You're getting an unproven talent. So if you're going to go get an unproven talent, why not take that guy at twelve and get one of the top players in the draft to begin with? Does that make sense? Like, C.J. Stroud, to me, which we've talked about before, we'll get to quarterbacks in a minute, but Bryce Young is the only quarterback in this draft that if you looked at me dead in the eyes and says, who is going to be, who is going to make it? I'm saying Bryce Young. I have severe questions, not saying they won't make it. Right, sure. But I got severe questions where I can see those guys flopping that I'm not spending a number two on. I don't have questions on Jalen Carter. I don't have questions on Will Anderson. No. All right, so – you can go get a really good player and then get your talented, unproven quarterback at 12, basically for that for that deal. But I think that's what I would do if I was Houston. Uh, so, But the uh, Lamar Jackson, if they could get Lamar Jackson for the 12, that would be a perfect – because I think Lamar Jackson is still – I know we talk about they need to reset and all that stuff, but Lamar Jackson is still one of the top talents in the league. As much as we we grab about being not healthy and all that jazz and all that, he's not going to win a Super Bowl. It doesn't matter who plays quarterback for the Texans. They're not winning a Super Bowl anytime soon. Right. So give yourself a chance to win and build a team um, around him. But this Trey Lance thing is what I think is going to happen because of D'Amico Ryans and all those guys coming to Houston from San Francisco, so they know what they're getting. 
But Lamar Jackson would be a talent that'd be it'd be hard to pass up. Be hard to keep him healthy. So do you put some stock in this Aaron Rodgers to San Francisco? No, I think he's going to Jets. Okay. I think that trade. So who be plays? Done this week. Who plays quarterback? For well, the they 49ers. got Sam Darnold, right? So they just signed Sam Darnold. Well, yeah. just think about it. You got Brock Purdy coming back from injury, right? And you have Sam Darnold, and you have Trey Lance. They're going to deal one of those guys. They can't deal uh, Brock Purdy because of the injury. Right. They're not going to deal Sam Darnold that they just gave up stuff for. So it's Trey Lance is the guy that's getting dealt. Yeah. Does that make sense? Of course. So, um, and look, I, I'm on the minority train here on this one. I don't hate Sam Darnold. I know he had his thing in, in, in uh, New York, but he was actually doing okay at Carolina until he got dinged up. Like, I'm okay with Sam Darnold. People forget how young Sam Darnold is too, by the way. But um, I, I'm okay with Sam Darnold. I, I think he's a starter capability quarterback in the NFL. Don't think he's great. But if you just if you go out and have routes on air and you go and have your combine and you put Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold next to each other, you're going to pick Sam Darnold 10 out of 10 times. It's the other shit that makes Brock Purdy Brock Purdy. Right. Um, he's not the most talented. There is a reason that he was drafted dead DFL, dead effing last in the NFL draft. So um, – but I do. I think Houston. I would. I would almost at this point be surprised if Houston did not deal that out of out of two. But we'll see in the next week. Uh, All right. Who's the second quarterback taken? <clears throat> I don't know. All right. Let's talk about that. that's a good good topic. So let's talk about quarterbacks. So we talked about Bryce Young there. Okay. So you have here's basically who you have. You have C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, and Hendon Hooker. So and know, Anthony Richardson. What did I say? Hendon Hooker. Yeah, yeah. Anthony Richardson. I left him off. All right, so here's where I get frustrated with, in my background, I've been a coach for most of my career, and then I moved over to personnel. In the NFL, there is such a divide between the front office and the coaching staff. Front office, and especially guys who have never worked in college or coached, they are all numbers, man. It is all makeup, number, analytical, Everything is just by the numbers. And you forget if the guy can actually play the freaking game. I'm doing good today. I spot four F-bombs I've tried to drop. So you forget about the production and things going on. And you look at this, you know, specimen, but you forget to look at the production. And so for me, if you took – I have problems with all three of them. All right? I've said this before. C.J. Stroud probably – he, the way he played against Georgia, if he would have played like that the whole season, we would be having a serious discussion if he's going one or not. He's just been okay and then showed out in the Georgia game, which is the last one, which is what people remember, right? You take somebody like – but he, he has that one game that he's bouncing off of. You take somebody like Will Levis. Will Levis was hurt this year, had his jacked-up toe, like, I remember we talked about it during the season last year when he played. We I went to the game against Ole Miss. He heard it in the first quarter against Ole Miss. When he's just standing back there with a statue. Well, this guy can actually move and run, right? But he was like a statue. Will Levis has, if we wasn't talking about Anthony Richardson being such a phenomenal athlete, Will Levis is, is really good, too. I mean, he's probably the second best athlete that's come out in a long time. Um, great size, the whole deal. Bad year this year production-wise. But the thing with me about him – that bothers me. I can't get this out of my mind. I really can't because I was at the game. The thing that probably bothers me the most about him, and probably no draft 
experts going to talk about it because I was at the game and they wasn't. When at the end of that game, when they played Ole Miss, they threw uh, an over route and I forgot who it was, runs the ball down to the freaking uh, Brown. Brown runs it down to like the two or three yard, whatever it was down there. He goes to, he knows he's going to throw the fade and he's trying to go tempo and he doesn't even look out there to see if his guy's set. That's like instincts 101, and that really bothered me for some reason. If he just takes a peek and lets him get set up, they win the game. Yeah. It's over. Because he threw the pass, caught the ball, it was a touchdown. Because he didn't look out there. And so that kind of thing, again, it's dumb. It's one play, and I hate judging quarterbacks off one play. But decision-making throughout the year in a new system – that was – he had some question decision-makings in a new system, so you saw that come around. But with all that being said, you look at 2021, and he was a dude. And so – Oh, for sure. There's my questions on him. Um, and then Anthony Richardson, just where's the production, man? Like, I well, get – Well, Richardson is if you watch the Utah film. But even if you watch the Utah film, he still got the same problems. If he's standing from me to you – Instead of throwing a catchable ball, he's going to try to see how hard he can throw it. He has no touch. He's full rocket the whole time. You have to layer throws. And that's, that's going to lead to picks in the NFL. Or just incompletions. Yeah. You know, you just you have to be able to layer throws in the NFL, period. You have to have touch, natural touch. And he has the, he has an unbelievable strong arm. He's tough. He's physical, the whole deal. I'm not worried about his decision-making as much as I am just being able to be a productive quarterback. If it doesn't, and it, look, call me if I'm if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But if you can't be a productive quarterback in college, what in the hell makes you think you can be a productive quarterback in the National Football League? What's well, what I love about the draft is that there are people in Indianapolis, for example. I guarantee you, there are people in that room who have talked themselves into Anthony Richardson. And there are people in that room who think taking Anthony Richardson could be the end of their careers. It's a risk, man. I mean, and, I, and I get it. I mean, so, it, but he will go in the first round. Oh, he's going. Probably in the first 10 picks, maybe in the first five picks. I just, hell, I know it's like some people are talking about it going up too. And you hear all these quarterback guys going, you know, this, this, this. And, and may, look, maybe I'm wrong. But if somebody can tell me a freak athlete that was not a very good quarterback in, college that turned out to be a great quarterback in the NFL, I'll, I'll shut up. I just don't know who that guy is. Well, we can talk about Josh Allen. Josh Allen was damn good at Wyoming. I mean, like, you just don't see the production. So that concerns me with him. So I say all that to say this. Hell, I wouldn't take any of those three guys with a with a top ten pick just on a normal day, but it's a, it's a league of quarterbacks. And if they hit on one, then you look like a genius. Um, but just to go show you how – stupid the nfl draft is is you know these nfl guys they do it for a living man that's all they do right yeah so three years ago the san francisco 49ers traded everything they own to go up to the number three pick to take trey lance who they're getting ready to deal but last year they they last year they draft uh brock purdy dead fl they last mr irrelevant in the draft and they're fist to run their whole franchise off that guy so it's not an exact science you're going to be wrong Okay, but, you know, that is what it is. What are you saying about Jacoby Brissett, uh, Grind? Because if you tell me he stunk, I saw him run through us like shit through a tin horn. 
<laughs> at North Carolina State. Uh, Dane Brugler has his whole seven-round mock, which is I can't even yeah. imagine trying Screw to do that. Screw that. Um, he has Bryce Young going one to Carolina. Agree. He's got C.J. Stroud going two to the Texans. I think they'll trade it. He's got Will Anderson going three to Arizona. We'll talk about the position in a minute. Go ahead. He's got uh, Anthony Richardson going four to the Colts. Mm. Tyree Wilson, the edge from Texas Tech, going five to uh, Seattle. Mm. He's got Denver. I mean, I'm sorry, Denver. Detroit. Detroit, Neil. Detroit going um, Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback from Oregon, six. Get the Raiders taking uh, going corner also, going uh, Devin Witherspoon, the corner from Illinois. Yep. Uh, he's got Nolan Smith, defensive end, edge, outside linebacker guy from Georgia, going eight yep. to uh, to the Falcons. He's got the Bears going. I mean, if, if this happens, people in Chicago are thrilled, right? He's got the Bears going Jalen Carter, uh, defensive tackle from Georgia. Yep. And uh, he's got the Eagles at 10 going with uh, Lucas Van Ness, the uh, defensive end edge rusher from Iowa. Yeah, so. So I'm looking to see where the quarterbacks go. He's got Tennessee at 11. Tennessee is the last, in my opinion, Tennessee at 11. And may, like that would be f- pretty much for me than if you just made me guess. That's the natural cutoff of all four will be gone before that. He's got Tennessee going Will Levis, uh, uh, Kentucky. Looking to see if he's got Hooker in his first round. Um, Some do. Um, I can see that if something happened and and somebody's still floating around sixteen with the Commanders, I can see them see somebody going there, and then which we haven't even talked about them. But what in the hell is Tampa Bay going to do at quarterback? Like we're just going to ride. We're going. He's got Hendon Hooker going thirty seven overall to the Seahawks. Uh, I could see the uh, Buccaneers pulling the trigger on some on a quarterback if they don't if they got a good grade. Like I have Hendon Hooker in my five possible guys going in the first round quarterbacks. Um, I don't think so. He's twenty five, but crazy shit happens. Twenty five years old. He's yeah. coming off a knee injury. I love him. I think he's a terrific player. His age works against him a little bit Does. because by the time you get development, he's all older that than stuff. Sam Darnold. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's twenty seven, twenty eight. You 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 don't you're not getting prime years, yeah. So I I, I think that's going to knock him into the second round. And I, look, he's a steal for someone in the second round. I got 39 possible players for 31 picks. You know what else we hadn't talked about? You know why there's only 31 picks this year? Uh, someone lost a pick to the Dolphins. Lost their first round pick for tampering with Tom Brady. Yeah, that's right. So we only have 31 picks this year. Um, real quickly before we move on to the tiers here, I got. Uh, don't be surprised. If Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, and DeAndre Hopkins are all three traded before next week for draft stuff. Say it again. Dalvin Cook. Okay. Austin Eckler. Okay. And DeAndre Hopkins. Watch watch well, closely on the trades. Okay. I, I believe you. I've I've heard that on the, the other two. I'd not heard that on Cook prior to this. Watch that on watch that on the trades. I trust you. All right. So I only have 39 players. Um, that by, the, I, by the way, I'll, I'll do this because I know we have a lot of SEC people listening to this. I'm looking for SEC guys in Brugler's uh, mock. He's got Broderick Jones, the tackle from Georgia, going 14 to New England. Yep, I got him. Uh, Texas might as well be in the SEC. He's got Bijan Robinson, 16, going to uh, Washington. Yep. He's got uh, Darnell Wright, the offensive tackle from Tennessee, going 19 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He is, he's one of my four, I think, or guaranteed first-rounders. Uh, he's got, um, 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You may call. I got him right here. here. I got, no, I was looking at his picks. He's got uh, Buffalo going with uh, Drew Sanders, the linebacker from Arkansas, at 27. Yep. He's got our Bengals taking Adetomia, Adetomia, Adabawar from Northwestern. Defensive tackle. No, I don't. I don't have him on my list as a possible first rounder. Adetomia. There's two. There's Adab- two Adab- first round defensive tackles. Adabawaray. There's two defensive tackles. Except the Saints, by the way. I know we have Saints fans going. Uh, Mozzie Smith, the defensive tackle from Michigan at 29. He's got uh, Philadelphia going with uh, Brian Branch, the safety from Alabama, at uh, 30. And that's, that's He won't it. make it that far. That's it. All right, let's go. I will go through, guys, real quick, and then we'll end this bad boy. Um, let's go by position. I think some positions are very good um, and deep. Some are not. It's going to shock you. So we've wore quarterback out. Let's go to running back. Bajan Robinson, I think, in my opinion, is a top three player overall in this draft from a best available. Okay. Um, if you just put a gun to my head and said, who are the best best available? If you have my little male copper's best available, he's at worst three. Um, Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, and Bajan Robinson are the best three players in this draft, period. Um, he will not get drafted that high because he is a running back. Right. Um, whoever gets him is getting a immediate – Dude, I would look, you know, 16. He's a guy that you're – I have a weird feeling. I don't know why. I have a very weird feeling that he's going to go earlier than 16. I don't know why. That's usually where running backs, you know, this good go and all that stuff. You remember Najee Harris was the first guy a couple of years ago deep in the draft. But, dude, he, this guy's a dude. Um, I think he's a immediate changer. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up with your Chicago Bears somewhere. Don't Just don't be shocked. Only other thing that I think this guy would be a great fit is if something happens with Austin Eckler in a trade, he would be immediate dude in San Diego with what they do. So um, I just have a feeling he goes there. The only other running back that has a chance to sniff the first round is Jameer Gibbs. He's it. And it would be late, somebody trading up late, and yep. they can't get him. Brugler's but, got him going 34 to uh, the Arizona Cardinals. He, I think he could – really do good things. If something happened with, like, he'd be – let me tell you where I would take him. I'm just telling you. I don't know what the Broncos got cooking. If Sean Payton can get Jameer Gibbs in Denver and recreate what he did with Alvin Kamara, because this guy's Alvin Kamara 2.0, if he can recreate that in Denver, I think that would be an amazing fit. 
All right, offensive line-wise, what you mentioned four of I, I think I got four for sure first-round picks. You got Peter Skaronsky at Northwestern, the offensive lineman. You got Broderick Jones, the offensive lineman at uh, – did we go off the air? No, it's the connection. You just keep going. You're okay, fine. all right. Um, Broderick Jones at Georgia, I think, is a guy. Paris Johnson, arguably, in my opinion um, – Paris Johnson may be the best offensive lineman in the draft. Um, him or Peter Skaronsky are one, two for me. And then Darnell Wright. I think all four of these guys are day one starters um, with uh, wherever they go. I really like I like uh, like him a ton. Yeah, we're aware that we lost picture. There's something with connection. We'll get it figured out in a minute. Um, <clears throat> all right, so that's offensive line-wise. So it's a very deep, um, very deep – deal for that let me see here very deep offensive line group we'll go to tight end yeah i'm back on this one okay all right i got you uh tight end tight end is one of the deepest rooms um in the draft i think it's really sneaky good and we talked about our lines a minute ago so the Lions are picking six. I think that's a little bit uh, too early for this. I would almost bet you we could put a wager on it. I'd almost bet you anything that at pick number 18, the Detroit Lions are picking a tight end. And I think there are four legit dudes um, in the first round of uh, caliber tight ends. Dalton Kincaid at Utah is a freaking dude. He is a pro bowler plug and play, go to the Pro Bowl. He is a dude-dude. Michael Mayer at Notre Dame, same thing. Plug and play, ready to go. Yeah, he's got Mayer going 26 to Dallas. Who's he got? Who does he have? This is going to tell me if I like this guy or not. Who's he got 18 with the Lions? Kalijah uh, Cansey, defensive tackle from Pitt. No. That, I, I would bet you – I would bet anything you want to bet that they're going to pick a tight end with 18. Okay. Um Luke Musgrove at Oregon State is a tight end that's a first-round capable guy that I think is really good. Very deep, very, very deep uh, tight end class. And the guy that could sneak up in there that everybody's forgetting about that I would not be surprised if somebody comes up and get him is Darnell Washington, the tight end at Georgia, because he is a a dude. I think he, he does enough in the passing game but does enough on everything else to, to get that handled. Yeah, he's got – Washington going uh, forty-eight to the Lions. Yeah, they so they're, they're they're in the market for a tight end. If he's there, I would just be surprised if they did that. All right, wide receiver. Um, I got what I would consider one and a half first round guys. I think there's five possible that could go in the, in the deal. Jackson Smith uh, in Jiba from Ohio State. I think he's a dude. Um, I think he's the best wide receiver in the draft. I am not in the uh, Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, I, I don't see it. I get that they're great players. They're just small slots. And this in the NFL game today, I just – I don't know, man. I think they can be – I think they're two – I wouldn't spend a first-round pick on them. Quentin Johnson, wide receiver from TCU, is a first-round guy. And then if I'm going to go spend money on a smaller receiver, I'm taking Josh Downs at, at North Carolina. I think he's a dude. So I got five total that could probably be in there. All right, that's our offensive look up. All right, defensively, Will Anderson. 
there's this debate with all these gurus out there that want to compare Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson at Texas Tech. I feel like I'm having the same conversation about Anthony Richardson than I am with Tyree Wilson. This guy's a freak of nature at Tyree Wilson at Texas Tech. Yep. He is going to be drafted early. Mm-hmm. Top 10, probably the second or third defensive player taken in the whole draft. Okay. Where's the production? I know. I get it. We do this every year, though. Where's the – like, I'm not asking you to read defenses. When the ball snap, whoever's got the pig skin, go tear his ass up. There's not a lot of production there. He he can – I don't know. He's a good player, but to compare him to Will Anderson, kiss my ass. Will Anderson is a first day – Will Anderson is going to have the same effect that Parsons had at Dallas. Like, Will Anderson is that guy. Mm-hmm. So, and then next year, when the draft comes, well, I guess it's now, not next year, two years from now, when Perkins comes out of LSU, yeah. he's going to be a guy like that. Like, there's just certain guys that you got, like, you can't pass up. And so, for me, uh, Will Anderson's that guy. You got Nolan Smith at Georgia. He's been dinged up, but he tests great, too. He's going to go. And you got your boy Luke Van Ness at Iowa. Um, that's going to go early. Ironically, not a starter. <laughs> So, not how about that? How about your boys at Iowa? Not even starting Luke Van Ness, and he's going to go in the top top 12, 13 picks. Um, but he's a good player. He's going to play a lot. And then here's one that everybody's sleeping on. Recruited this guy to high school, Miles Murphy at Clemson. Yeah, he's got uh, – Brugler has Murphy going 12 to Houston. That's high for what I've seen. But, like, he's a dude. Um, he's an edge guy that can play. Um, he's a stud. So – the edge position or, or jack position, whatever you want to call it, is getting – like this isn't – this is very unique. Hey, what's what position's hard to find on defense right now if you're a, if you're a college team? What position does everybody seem to struggle with right now? Uh, defensive – just defensive line. Or, I mean, linebackers, right? Like you're looking – you know, yeah. everybody's – who's playing linebacker? Well, there's not very many linebackers. You're saying like you're seeing the move of the college problems to the NFL, all right? So you're seeing – Oh, we got all these spread quarterbacks. We got these offensive line. We got tight ends. Tight ends have become a crazy popular position, right? With all the split stuff and all that stuff in the tempo offense. Everybody's running a three-four now, so this edge position is getting stacked in depth. Does that right. make sense? Sure. So, um, but Miles Murphy's a dude. All right, interior defensive lineman Jalen Carter, one of the top three players in the draft. He's a guy. Two guys that I think are going to be first-round picks that are getting a little bit of attention. I would not be surprised if the Chargers take one of these guys late in the first. Uh, but uh, Kalijah, Kansi, uh, Kalijah Kansi at Pitt. All right? Yeah, that's who, he, that's who Brugler has going 18 to Detroit. Okay, so he is. So Brugler doesn't really disagree with you. He thinks Detroit goes tight end, but he thinks Detroit thinks, hey, there's value enough in that tight end room that we can get one in the second round. We're going to go def- We're going to go defensive line I mean, that's in a the possi- first. That's a definite possibility. But here's the deal with with Kansi, okay? Is he is a I mean he is a dude. The only problem is, is he's like six foot tall. He's short. Now I gotta go. I need to look up his arm length on the on the website. If he's got long arms, it'll be fine. Uh, apparently, it's he's but he's so disruptive. Um, he is quick twitch. Think uh, what's my guy that? Uh, golly, that's with the uh, Bills now. That was from Houston. Ed Oliver. You're uh-huh, thinking that yeah. kind of. Uh, player when you get uh, Kalijah Kansi. And then one of my, my favorite, I'm so excited to see where he goes. Um, 
Brian Breesey from Clemson. Is it Breesey or Brisey? I always called him Breesey, so okay. I don't know. I'm, that doesn't make it right, though. For some reason, I thought it was Brisey, but it doesn't matter. It's B-R-E-S-E-E. -E. Defensive rem tackle. I remember Clemson. seeing this kid's workout tape. And my first words out of my mouth is, this guy's a first-round pick. Like, one of the most impressive workouts from a defensive lineman, seeing him going through bags. Uh, Clay Carter, who's not listening, uh, was there watching the same tape with me, and I was like, holy shit. Like, this kid's been through a lot with his family and his sister. It's very well documented. But this position's hard to find. I think you're going to see him. The, San Diego needs help up front on the defensive line interior uh, specifically, but I only think there's three interior D linemen, and he's one of them. Those other guys you mentioned I think are second-round guys, but it is what it is. All right, linebacker. The only two guys that I see going in the first round at linebacker even being a possibility, and guess what? You may not have either one of them, but is Jack, your boy Jack Campbell from Iowa I think is a guy, and then uh, Drew Sanders, which we've talked about at Arkansas. Who was in the portal? He wasn't. Well, I've talked about him a lot. He as was much as I possibly not could. good enough to play at Alabama, so he's at Arkansas playing. Um, and so uh, he, he just—that's not it. He—he—he he, he, he loved the hill. I'm, he wanted to be at Arkansas. He wanted to call the Hogs. He, he did. He wanted, did you loan him your Razorback hat? I did. Does he call? Do you call the Hogs with him when you go? Um, yeah. Well, what happens? I mean, sometimes I call him at night and just go, and we just we just do it together I real you. quick. We're we're tight. Have you called the daughters to try to get him in a study group to come over to the house? Uh, no. Now, Cam, is he going to be your son-in-law? It doesn't appear so. Oh, okay. Um, I tried. Cam Little is uh, is one of <laughs> Caroline's friends, and so I've got his number, and 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 so uh, he and I, I, I now call the hogs with him on a daily basis. Okay. I was just checking. One of the light. And I gave him. Uh, I sent him a, a hog hat so that he'd have it. Yeah, uh, so GJ says Mingo would be a reach in the first round. Look, I love Mingo. I'm not. I'm not. I may not even draft him. By the way, uh, uh, Brise is. Uh, Brugler agrees with you about Brise. He's got him going 24 to Jacksonville. I'm gonna tell you now, Jacksonville adds a few cats like that, and all of a sudden this, the, the, all, all of a sudden the Jags are a team to watch. Well, the Jags are already a team to watch because I, I don't know why it took me till I was preparing for the draft to think about this. What's Indianapolis in desire desire need of, like desperate need of? What position? The Colts. Yes. I mean quarterback. What about the Houston Texas Texans? Well, quarterback. You got to have. What's one. Tennessee looking for? Quarterback. The only other team in that division is Jacksonville. They are not looking for a quarterback. They're the only team with established quarterback. You're going to play that those those three teams six times. You damn near got a free division win right there. Yeah, you in many ways you start the season five and one. You figure you'll lose once. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, they got the advantage right now. Yeah. So that's why they're. Uh, I don't know what they call the drill. It's like a 10 5 defensive line drill. Shuttle. Yeah. 5 10 5. Whew. Brzee's a stud now. His little shuttle. I was just watching his little shuttle thing. What was his time? They, uh, they, let me see if I can get a time on it. I'll tell you if it's good or not. <laughs> they were just showing it to me. So a shuttle, you want to be around. You want to be about two tenths less than your forty. Is average. It doesn't say. Doesn't give my time. No, it's just a tweet where they show it. It's about that's a change. That's not a big defensive line drill. That's a change of direction, lateral change of direction drill. All right. Um, Looks like you ran it in like ten seconds. Well, that would not be very good. But I, I could be reading it wrong. No, yeah. no, no. Hold on, hold on. His first ten, maybe. 
No, no, he ran it in like five seconds. Yeah, so that's about I mean, D line. Who cares? I didn't care about D line. Five ten five. That was just a combine thing. One of the lightest positions on the draft, where I think there's only one possible guy to be a first round. I do think he'll be a first rounder. Is Brian Branch from Alabama being the only lone safety taken in the first round? Which is crazy. I'm going to tell you this: if Brian Branch is not a first round pick, you don't know what it is. I don't. I don't know what what one looks like, or they've just decided that defensive backs don't matter. That that dude, the last two seasons, that guy is one of the best players I've seen play in person. The uh, I love Brian Branch. Yeah, he's a, he's a dude. He's a he's a mid teens probably if he lasts that long. Uh, but he is the only safety. Last year we had a lot of safeties in the draft. He's the only safety I think is a first round pick. All right, and now one of my favorite categories that I'm so interested in seeing how it pans out is a corner. I think corner is very deep this year. I think you have legit, legit three top 12 type guys and two probably top 20 guys. So the debate is, I was actually talking to our good friend Bob about this the other day. Um, it seems to be Christian Gonzalez at Oregon has turned out to be everybody's favorite. He really does a good job coming in and out of breaks. Um, good body, change of direction, the whole deal, good ball skills. And I, I can't argue with you if you take him early. He's going to go early. He'll be a top 10 pick. Um, the next one that I think, if you just ask me who's the best corner in this draft and didn't give me all the measurables and all that shit, it's Can Tavon I guess? Yeah. Oh, well. I started it. You probably heard me. I was going to say Forbes. No, it's Devon Weatherspoon in Illinois. Illinois, yeah. Brugor's high on him. Um, he's not very big. He's got some things from a front office perspective you're going to have questions on, but he is a ball-playing Nancy, man. I really like the shit out of him. Um, But here's one that I would take, and I would not hesitate to take this guy. And I think there's going to be – I think this guy's going to be an excellent pro. I think he's a Pro Bowl caliber player that you're going to steal in the middle of the draft, first round, is Joey Porter Jr. at Penn State. Mm-hmm. And here's why. One, he's a hell of a player. But two is he already knows what it takes to be a pro. There's not going to be any surprise there with the because of his dad being such a legend. There's not going to be any surprise of what he needs to do to be a pro, right? So you you can alleviate that concern and just let the guy go flourish. I, I really like the kid. I would not hesitate. There are, are no questions for me on him. Uh, you got Deontay Banks at Maryland who could sneak up in there. But the last guy I want to talk about in here is Emmanuel Forbes, who is probably what you're about to bring up. Emmanuel Forbes. Um, By the way, Brugler, while you talk about Forbes, Brugler has Forbes going 35th overall to the Colts. He's going to get drafted high. Yeah. Um, I got a long history with Emmanuel Forbes. First of all, he is a phenomenal kid. Uh, we recruited him here and passed on him. And everybody's like, I can't believe you're such a dumbass. You passed on that guy. And this was probably a regret of mine. But I probably, I'm going to be honest with you, now I regret it that we didn't take him. But if you took me back and I had to do, make the same decision again, I would probably make the same decision. And this is why. Um, when he comes on his visit, he's six foot tall, and he weighed 143 pounds. Whew. I'm going to repeat that. He weighed 143 pounds. And in today's football, he wouldn't have gotten an offer from state either. He would he would have had to go someplace and play his way into the portal. He is single handedly the skinniest legged kid I've ever seen in my life that was that good. 
And I just didn't think the kid could stay healthy, man. Uh, you know what I mean? Like I was so worried about his health. And he did. He got dinged up in college too, right? I mean, yeah, he had he shoulder did. and all that stuff. And he'd come out. But probably what I underestimated probably more than anything was just the kid's toughness, man. I mean, he and the thing that scared you is that he was 143 pounds and he wasn't scared. Now, if you're 143, I never would recruit a 143-pound kid, one. But the kid wasn't scared of shit, and he'd go blow it up in there, and you're so, like, dude, man, so when if you do that in college, you're not going to be healthy. So when you're making decisions on kids like that, are you talking to strength people about realistically what could we put on him? How, how well, I can tell. I mean, when you – I mean, I literally – I'll tell you my quote. I was like, look, he, there's no way in hell this kid is ever going to get to 180 pounds. He was just too narrow, and he didn't. He's 160-something now. But he's so tall. He's not short. I mean, dude, I haven't seen 143 pounds since freaking eighth grade. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's light. Yeah. and It's 50 pounds lighter than me. Yeah. I don't know what his – can you look his uh, combine, what he weighed in? Do you know how to do that? Let me look at it. I can probably do it. I, I don't know that I do. Um, But that's the knock on this kid because – in this. You know, it's not like he plays passive and all that stuff. He throws it up in there, man. Um, but that was my concern. Uh, I'm going to pull it up. That was my concern with him out of high school. Um, and he wanted to come here, man. I mean, that uh, you, you you miss on some. We didn't miss on that one as far as, That's like, we didn't recruit him. That's an understandable miss. But if I had to go back, I just don't know if I would have changed my decision. You know what I mean? Like, and obviously, if I knew what <laughs> what we were doing, so he weighed. Uh, oh, that's Cameron Brown. Um, if I just, it's it's hard. So he was here. We go. They don't even put it on here. He ran a four three five, one hundred and sixty six pounds. Yeah. At the combine, which means he trained his ass off to get to one sixty six afterwards. Um, that's just, dude. That's like, that's small, man. I mean, that's thin. He's 6'1", 166. And he is, dude, he is as narrow. Like, he's narrow. And guys like that, he's narrow-hipped, narrow-shouldered. Um, he has, does have long arms. Um, but if he didn't play this game so damn physical, you wouldn't worry about it. But he throws it up in there and doesn't, like, doesn't apologize for it. But if he can he, – he proved me wrong by – fighting through it. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. I just knew he was going to play that physical and we we're going to have him in a scrimmage or something and lose him for career or something uh, with shoulders, which he's had shoulder problems, but he came back and played through them. I mean, dude, I watched him during the season. When I watch him play, this guy's shoulder has come out of the games. And a lot of kids would pack it up and go home. This dude put on a brace and go play. I mean, like, there's a lot to be said for that. Um, but talent-wise, phenomenal. Great kid. Um, it kind of... <laughs> I guess I can say this now, like to the point, like he wanted to come here so bad. Like he loves, like if you ask the kid, cut him out, well, do you want to go to Ole Miss or Mississippi State? Like to this day, he'd probably tell you Ole Miss. Uh, last year, like I'll go take my kids to random baseball games. Um, I saw him and talked to him last year at Ole Miss baseball games, big baseball player. Like he was driving up from Starkville, as a Mississippi State football player going to Ole Miss football games. Really? Yeah. Ole Miss uh, baseball games. 100%. He didn't hold it against you? No, he is a unbelievable kid. Yeah. That's what made it hard, right? Like, I want 
Like this guy was just a great human being. Uh, great, you know, he's his home situation, you know, but he's got people around him and some Ole Miss people around him that took care of him, um, raised in the right way. They did a great job coaching him, like the whole deal, man. It's just if he had been 20 pounds heavier, I'd have, we'd have taken a shot. But like 143 at six foot, six foot one, mm-hmm. I think, dude, that's sure. I like, get it. I don't think people understand how narrow that is. And that was pre portal. That's pre portal. Yep. But that was, golly, that's the one that I'm like, damn. Um, it wouldn't have mattered. We wouldn't have got to coach him very long, but you know, it'd have been great. Uh, but I really like the kid. I want good things to happen for him. Um, because he's such a good human being. and I like good things to happen to good people. So, um, we'll see. I hope, I hope it works out for him. Uh, thanks everybody for being in the, in the, uh, thread with us. If you haven't hit the like button, please hit the like button. If you have not, uh, followed, I think is the word I'd prefer to use, uh, on, on YouTube, please, please it's subscribe, but it's free. It's they should change that. I don't like the word. The word implies that you're paying for something and people are scared to do it. Just hit it and nobody, and it'll cost you $0 and zero cents. And we've been brought to you by Rain Total Body Fuel, 300 milligrams, natural caffeine, BCAAs, electrolytes, zero sugar. It's got what you need to push the limits and achieve, achieve your goals, not achieve them, achieve them. Check them out on Instagram at Rain Body Fuel to learn more. We'll be back on Monday. Probably talk some more draft, honestly. A uh, little NBA news. Kawhi Leonard out of game three tonight against the uh, Suns. Why's that? The same knee that he had surgically operated on has um, – Flared up again. Did you watch the playoffs last night? Um, I did. I watched Memphis and uh, the Lakers. I did not watch the late game because I, I was tired. I think I could score 25 on the Lakers defense right now. I don't think you could. I, I don't. Uh, <laughs> they don't cover anybody. Don't <laughs> they forgot that it's postseason. They're supposed to play defense. They just didn't have a good game last night. And by the time they dialed it up, they were in trouble. And that happens sometimes. They do not play defense. They got one. No, they played it in game one. Yeah, but they – like. Whatever happened last night, it literally looked like an all-star game on defense. Every shot that Memphis took was wide-ass open. And you can't give a freaking NBA guy that. And, and Memphis was defending like a normal defense. Dudes were freaking just layering up there. like Either that or a Kentucky uh, defense started playing in L.A. I mean, it was wild, man. They were, I was like, holy shit. Like every shot, they were wide-ass open. Get a desperation Warriors game tonight, game three against the Kings in San Francisco. Warriors down, watching that down two nothing. Yeah. Kings are uh, – Kings are better than people think they are. King, like, Kings got more dudes than people think. You know what's funny, though, is like when they they still got dudes. You know, Golden State still got dudes. Of course. If they don't win tonight, it's like they almost like, yeah, we'll we'll go out there half-assing it, and then if we got to win, we'll win. But if they don't win tonight, that's why I don't like I don't. I know you love the NBA, but I don't know, man. I just – I can't – like it bothered me that it was, the game, it was game two of a playoff game last night, and the Lakers could – all essentially put the series away. And when you get 2-0, what's the percentage? Like 90-something percent or whatever to win the whole series? Memphis played really well last night, though. Yeah, they did. They did. They but really they had – they played great on defense. And then – but there's, but I'm just saying the Lakers on off, on defense, it was like they, they didn't try. It was like they were at practice or something. There was no – I didn't see well, intensity that I saw in game one. Yeah, they didn't they, – they went to Memphis very clearly going, hey, let's get one. And they got one. And then they let their guard down a little bit. That being said, they're not a great defensive team. LeBron's older. Um, I don't know that that's. I don't know that anyone has ever accused D'Angelo Russell of being a great defensive player. Um, 
that you know Reeves is a, a a really good defender, but you can beat Austin Reeves. Um, Rui Hachimura, same thing. And usually Davis plays, but Davis is that guy that sometimes he's intense and sometimes he's not, and it's just kind of who he is. But look, they they went to Memphis needing to get one, and they got one. Yeah. And so they control the series. And that's what so, I'm saying. So it's now like- now Memphis has to go get one in L.A., and that's going to be. That's going to be a challenge, and but Saturday night will be a lot of fun because Memphis will probably have Morant back. The Lakers will be dialed up. Dylan Brooks talked. Did, did talk, they say what his injury was? Morant, I know it's his hand. It's, just, it? it's just bruised. Oh, his, gotcha. his hand bent in a way. His feelings are hurt. No, his, his hand. Messing. Yeah, his hand bent in a way that you're not supposed to bend. Um, <laughs> I saw it. And Dylan Brooks called out LeBron James, and so Game Three is going to be probably not a good idea. <laughs> game Three is going to be. I mean, I'm, I'm watching. I mean, that's what. I think what I love about the NBA is that there's always kind of these these dramas and stuff. And like, here's what I just it's a little less guarded. Like Sam Presti, the Thunder GM, asked today about possibility of trading picks, and he says we'll play risk. One thing is we're not scared. I love that. I love just a little more. I actually will watch the NBA when the playoffs come around because I feel like they're actually finally playing. And I know you're an NBA guy all year round, yeah. but like it bothers me to, I will say this to this too. Same thing about major league baseball. There are times in major league baseball in 162 game season that people are packing it in early. And when it comes playoff time, you see the best of the best. You know what I'm saying? It's like the sense of urgency, you sure. get the best of professional athletes. Sure. That's why I like football because there's a shorter schedule, obviously, and you get the best of the best every week. I feel like sometimes I'm being robbed of watching excellence when there's not a sense of urgency. But like last night when I watched uh, the Grizzlies and the Lakers on defense, I felt like I was watching a regular season game. Whereas I watched the first game, it didn't. They were it was a different team. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. It, it, it had a different energy <clears throat> last night. I thought. Like I like I like when they're going like uh the Kings and Warriors have been really good. It's been intense the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um uh the Heat and the Bucks have been good. It's a good series. Um, it's that series there's no Giannis, there's no Tyler Hero. That 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 series has been cheapened a little bit just by the injury. The injury to Hero ended the Heat's chance. Which is crazy for us to talk about, but yeah, because I never thought he'd be a great player, but anyway. Um, and then the Suns Clippers has been fun. It's been a competitive, um, get after your ass. That's to me. It's been a lot of fun and now it's over. I mean, if Kawhi can't go, it's a, it's a, but it has been no chance before today. It's been to me the best series to watch. Maybe I'm wrong. I know we got some Grizzlies fans. on. Uh, um, Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm weird. I've enjoyed the Knicks Cavaliers series. I have not watched a game of that. So um, can't say that. I like I like Cleveland. They're kind of a fun team to watch, and and I think the Knicks are interesting, especially when Randall plays. And then I like I didn't watch it last night because I went to bed, but I'm really interested in Denver. And there's a part of me that's kind of hopeful. They're good. I'm really kind yeah. of hopeful for Denver in a lot of ways because they get they get criticism for first round exits. It's hard to get out of the first round. It's it's hard to make the final eight. And and they had injuries both years. Jamal Murray wasn't available, and then Michael Porter Jr. was hurt. Now they've got those guys healthy, and people get to see just how good Nikola Jokic is. It's it's. I got pissed off at Kendrick Perkins this year. Um, 
Kendrick Perkins did the thing about Jokic basically is only you know getting MVP votes because he's white, and that that was that was crap. It was, it was, a, it was a ridiculous thing to say. Uh, it was a ridiculous thing to say because that's not that that was that was cheapening how great of a player he is. And it and then it this year Joel Embiid will win the MVP and deserve oh, yeah. and deservedly so easily. And he's not winning it because he's black. He's winning it because he had the best season. He had an elite special year. And then look, you could give the damn award every single year to Giannis Antetokounmpo. You could give him the damn award every year. You know, the fact that he's won it already probably counts against him a little bit in the same way that Jokic giving it to him a third straight year, people probably looking for someone else to give it to. There's so many great players. That it, it's it's such a it's such a great league. It's so hard to win in that league. It's so hard to get to the conference finals. It is so hard. All right, you're an ABC executive. All right, the NBA is fixed. You get to pick the two teams that you want in the NBA Finals this for, year. This year, for the most ratings and stuff that you can get, who are you oh. taking? <sighs> Just ratings on the interest, national interest. Who are you taking in the finals for, for your TV network? The Lakers and the Sixers. Lakers and the Sixers. I'm getting Embiid, and then the like the Lakers, all their stuff. Yeah, LeBron. LeBron, yeah, yeah. You know he's Lakers and the Sixers. Now I don't think that's what we're getting. All right, what are you getting? I said the Lakers before it started, and I've watched two games now, and I don't think it's the Lakers. I, I just think they're old. Um, I think we're getting Denver. And I need to know if, if Giannis is coming back. Because if Giannis isn't coming back, they're not getting out of the second round. I think we're getting Denver-Boston. Denver, Boston. That's what I think. Based on just two playoff games for each team, they just look. What seed is Boston? They're the uh, they're the one. The one. Mm-hmm. We're getting the two ones. It, it's it's why when people go regular season doesn't matter. I'm like, yeah, it does. It absolutely does. I mean, look at who finished uh, that. That it, it it's the all, ones. The, the ones Kings are... were a three seed. People are people are talking about the Kings like this is some, like this is some upset. They're the three seed. They won a shit ton of games. And if you watch them play all year, you saw a couple of things. Number one, they have a great home environment. And number two, they had a really good road record. The Kings are legit. Yeah. I've been saying the same two things. If you watch the NBA on a consistent basis, you know how good De'Aaron Fox is. If you don't, this is the first time you've watched them because this is the first time they've been in the playoffs in 17 years. You're like, who's this guy? De'Aaron Fox is a dude. DeMontis Sabonis is a dude. You know what I meant? You know what my favorite Kings team? I used to love watching the Kings, like they were one of my favorite teams to watch when they had Jason Williams and Chris Webber. Oh, yeah. That was a fun, fun team. Well, I mean, if you go back and remember, one of the best series that was ever played in the history of the NBA, and actually was one that led to a lot of conspiracy theories, was the Shaq and Kobe series against Chris Webber. Yeah. I guess Mike Bibby and, and, and the Kings. That one went seven games, and a lot of people think it should have ended in six, that it was a there was a missed call that – allowed the Lakers to get to the finals with Shaq and Kobe and and all that stuff. Who knows? But it's been since then, really, since the Kings were a playoff team and 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 you look at them now, they're legit. They have they have they have guys. Mike Brown just got unanimous NBA coach of the year, did a fantastic job this season with with the Kings. And then I mean, look, the league's really good. And and then there's there's a generational talent coming out in the draft this year in Victor Wimbanyama. 
if you like the league, I just do. I like to. I can work in here and I can turn on games. Yeah. And I just it's it's for me it's probably, I don't know, guilty pleasure even. It's just kind of fun to watch the different teams. There's a few teams that are not watchable. The Rockets can't watch them. Um, horrible. But then, but then there's some just horrible basketball. Uh, the Hornets, Jesus. So, I miss the Charlotte so Hornets. Bad. Back, in the, they've changed names. Wizard, they've gone all over the place. For, uh, whatever the Bobcats, to everything else. But when that same kind of when I was huge NBA growing up, Larry Johnson, Dikembe Mutombo. Oh sure. Uh, Bugsy Bogues with the Charlotte Hornets back in the day. That was a that was a fun group. Yeah, and the truth is, the league the the league is more talented today than maybe it's ever been. Yeah, I mean, there's so many great players. Do you feel like the interest in the NBA has declined? Yes. Why? Because, dude, I was like, it was a thing when I was a kid. I just don't see kids watching it like we did when I was a kid. Um, I think I think there's a number of things. I think it's um, our country's so football crazy. That football, you know, and this is good. I mean, the NFL's king, and in college football's not. It's it's far behind the NFL. Don't get right. me wrong. The NFL is just king. Um, by the time anybody turns their attention to the NBA, it's kind of January, so you miss the whole first half of the season. Really, um, it. I think it's some of the woke stuff. I do. I I, I do. I think that's hurt them over the years. Um. You know what I'm saying? Like when we were kids, man, it was the thing. Yeah, it's, it's some of the super teams. Um, I, I mean, I, see, I think I, my, I think Kevin Durant leaving the Thunder for the Warriors. Always people go, "Oh, you're a Thunder guy. That's why you're saying this." I mean, guilty, <laughs> but I'm also a pretty objective guy too. Had Durant left the Thunder to go to Boston? Or to go to Washington, or to go to the Knicks, it would have it would not have impacted the NBA in a negative manner. Kevin Durant leaving the Thunder to go to the team that just beat them, that had just won seventy three games, to form a super team that won the next two titles, and went to three straight finals, and would have won a third had Durant not gotten hurt, hurt the league. And in today's news cycle. You can't lose two, three years of interest. You need what, – what, what do we love about the NBA? I mean, the NFL. What do we love about the NFL? The start of the season, yeah. right? If I said today, Tyler, let's talk about – maybe we can do this. We'll do this one day this summer, obviously. <laughs> talk about which, which – what NFL teams have a chance to win the – no, to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Or a better question. What in NFL teams have a chance to get to the AFC and NFC title games? The Final Four. All right. It's a long list, dude. Yeah. There's a bunch. That's what we, we love that. What do you love about the NFL? The, the, the relative parity. You can gamble on it in fantasy football. Yep. Those are the three things that drive the NFL. NFL Sunday ticket. Well, people watch NFL Sunday ticket because they're watching their, their fantasy players. Okay. It's um, unbelievable. Yeah. And, and then people bet on the NFL. Yep. And the NFL has a lot of parity. You can, you can do what Cincinnati did. Go from two and fourteen to the AFC title game in a year, with two years with the right draft, right, and and so you get that. That's one of the things that drives it. Well, when Durant left to go to Golden State, if you looked at it objectively, you're like, how many teams have a chance to get to the Western Conference Finals? Because it ain't many. That's and and I'm a 
idiot when it comes to the NBA, I'll freely admit. I have lost interest over the years. I think this is just speaking for me. Matt kind of hits on it a little bit. Matt Browning and the thread kind of hits on it a little bit. But when the when I was younger, growing up through college and all that stuff, you accumulated your talent through the draft, right? Mm-hmm. And you knew when Chris Weber got drafted by the Kings, by gosh, he was going to be a king for a long time. And then you had, you know, you get Jason Williams next year and you start building a team, right? Or you get Larry Johnson to Kimbe Matumbo the next year. You start building this team. But you didn't have these super teams where a guy just picks up and leaves and goes and creates, I guess, I don't know who were the first one to do it. When you, I remember Miami with Dwayne Wade and, you know, Chris Bosh and LeBron James going to Miami for the first time. But you eliminate immediately exactly what you're saying. You eliminate half the freaking league on who can pay them and, and who's going to be – who can pay for the super teams instead of accumulating the talent to the draft. And then now it's like when you look at somebody like the Kings and see what they're doing now, it's almost fun because that's how they built their team. Mm-hmm. It's like they did the old school way, sure. right? Yeah. But you could also – It's one of the things that's fun about the Thunder as a Thunder fan is that all these guys were drafted. They were all – yeah, our guys, if you will. But like the Memphis th- is that way, right? If but if you the Thunder, right? When they had Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant, you had all those guys. Like back in the day, they would have stayed together for a while, right? And then you build this organization and all this. Sure. And you, you had you know Jordan versus you know you it was you know the Lakers. You, you still had Magic at the end of his deal. You had you know had all these guys that were Laker guys and all these Bulls that were Bulls guys. Yeah, well, I mean we could. I mean look. I mean, I'm a real believer in the Durant going to the Warriors thing was a problem for the NBA. It also was a mess because there was a there was an error. We could go deep down this. Yeah. There was a big spike in the cap, okay? Yeah. Because of the new TV deal. Right. And a lot of NBA people believed and wanted to smooth the cap. You know what that means? No. It means to okay, hey, there's this big spike, and instead of just putting it all in right now, let's let's uh, let's 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 gradually put it in. Let's spread it in. Yeah. Instead of just like peanut butter, instead of just here's a glob of peanut butter. Congratulations. Hey, let's take this peanut butter and let's smooth it. You're going to still get all the peanut butter. You're not losing any of the peanut butter, but we're going to smooth it where it looks more level. Because the, the deal was like you know six year TV deal or whatever, right? So instead they did a spike. And that opened up the ability for Golden State to give Durant a max deal that nobody could foresee two, three years down the road. And it led to the chaos and it led to a lot of bad contracts and Dude, that, when they have the when they have the uh NF the NBA free agency and stuff and they start all these guys getting super maxes and all that stuff, it never fails. There's four guys a day that get these <laughs> enormous, crazy, absurd contracts. I've never even heard of them before. You know what I mean? Maybe you have because you follow it that close, but like right. just random guys get but, 14 minutes and four points are getting $12 million a year. We'll, we'll finish with this because I. But this is to your point. I'm, I'm thinking about it a little bit. I, I do think one of the things that has allowed the NFL to become even more superior than it already was is like we're talking about the draft, right? Mm-hmm. So no matter what you think of Will Levis, no matter what you think of Anthony Richardson, uh, C.J. Stroud, you saw those guys play a lot, right? Right. So you know who they are. You might have an opinion. You might think, oh, this guy's trash. But you saw him play. I mean, you've seen two years of Will Levis at Kentucky. You've seen – Right. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because of the the way the NBA is done, I, I hate the one and done. I just let them go. Um, But we don't – you don't know the players as well. at the co- You don't really know them, and they get drafted. You're like, who the hell's that? 
And there's a lot of that <laughs> in the NBA, you know. And and so like, you probably don't know who Scoot Henderson is. Never heard of him. Scoot Henderson is going to be the second or third pick in the draft, and he played NBA G League Ignite, so he's completely off the radar. Um, people like me have been keeping up with Victor Wembanyama for years, and he's become a kind of a household name. Yeah. But people that you've never seen him play, right? I saw highlights of him first time. Yeah, um, you know Brandon Miller's going to be the third pick. Uh, Amin Thompson and also R. Thompson are going to be fourth and fifth probably. You've never seen them play. That's that's yeah, a that's probably why it's a problem. Yeah, but there's nothing they can really do about it. You know, that, but that that's a lot of it. Is it's guys that. You just don't see, and we don't watch college basketball, if we're honest. You do. Yeah. But most people don't watch a lot of college basketball until close to the tournament. Well, you just mentioned the problem. The first two picks didn't play college basketball. Right. Hey, I do have a And then, like, like Cam Whitmore is going to go seventh or eighth, and unless you just happen to watch Villanova's couple of games in the, in the, in the NCAA tournament, you don't know who the hell Cam Whitmore is. No. And so he goes seventh or eighth. You're like, who the hell's that? It's a complete different as as opposed to Brian Branch goes 24th or whatever. And you're like, oh, I watched him for three years at Alabama. Like when Perkins goes number one or two in a couple of years, you're going to be like, that dude, thank God he's gone from LSU. He's beating my team three years in a row at it, right? Right. I mean, it's a complete we've, – we've seen Bryce Young for a long time. We know Bryce Young. We feel like we know the guy. Right. Does that make sense? No, it does. And I think there's a big difference. I do have a serious question to ask you before we get out of here because this is tell you how – when you say NBA G League, I thought – because I've heard this – now that you said where he was, I started ringing a bell. I thought when you were in the NBA G League that whatever – that team had rights to you. Sometimes they do. But the, the Ignite team is the NBA's development team. And so the NBA G League Ignite – the Ignite doesn't belong to anybody. That's just – but there are players like uh, the Thunder drafted Usman Jang from France with the 11th pick in the draft, and they let him play a lot this year. He went. He ended up kind of being a two-way player. He played for the Blue, who are the essentially the triple-A team of the Thunder, and then he would come play for the Thunder. So there's, there's guys that are on – Because didn't the kid from Ole Miss a couple years ago do the same thing when we were here? Yeah, Brian Tyree. No, I'm thinking about the other one. Was Terrence the, Davis? Yes. Yeah. TD, TD signed a uh, – He got drafted. He got drafted, and he spent some time in the in, in what was then the development league. It's, it's what is now the G League, yes. Gotcha. So that's where I'm confused. Yeah. All right. It's complicated. And nobody ever sees the G League. I mean – I don't Is it on TV? Uh, it streams. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, we're going to let it go. Thanks for uh, being with us. Appreciate you guys, as always. Have a great weekend. We will talk to you Monday. And uh, thanks again to the people at Rain. Take care.